Hello and welcome to WISMED On Call, a podcast by the Wisconsin Medical Society that looks at some of the top issues affecting patients and the practice of medicine in Wisconsin. I'm your host, Peter Welch, Vice President of Strategy and Partnerships, and joining me is Bob Folks, the Society's recently retired Chief Financial Officer. Hi, Bob. Hi, Peter. This episode is part of a special financial literacy series called What I Wish I Knew, aimed at answering questions from young physicians, residents, medical students about topics that may not be covered in medical school. This episode, we're talking about cars, specifically the pros and cons of leasing versus buying a vehicle. So Bob, you've got some experience in this area. What are some of the key factors to consider when you're deciding to explore your options? Good question. Um, and, it, and really, the factor does come down to the, to the lease versus buy decision. Um, and if you go out and, and look at um, look at literature and stuff like that, people who lease cars will tell you that's the only way to go. People who buy cars will tell you that's the only <laughs> way to go. People who buy new will tell you, oh, new is the only way to go. People who buy used say, oh, I've always bought used, and that's the way to go. So kind of like the blue dress, black dress, or what was the most recent thing. Oh you know, where people heard one way and people heard another way. So you're going to get what I would say zealots on, on each side of, of, of the equation, the lease versus buy. So then you should really look at, okay, what are those, what are the pros and cons of leasing and buying? Um, and, and is it right for me uh, in, in the long run? So let's look at, let's look at leases first, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the pros to buying a lease is lower payments. Understand when you buy a car, you're buying the car. If you pay cash for it or you finance it, you drive away at your vehicle. When you lease a car, you're only buying the part that you're going to use. Let me explain that. They just, the, the lease payment is based upon the purchase price of the vehicle. And then at the end of the lease, it's going back to the leasing company. Okay, there are some, and we'll talk about the types mm-hmm. of leases. I'm sure you'll ask me what, because mm, I just brought that up. <laughs> uh, at the end, the car is going back to the leasing company. They're guessing what it's going to be worth, the residual value of that vehicle. So let's just take example, and let's pick a, let's pick a nice car, $40,000. That's a nice car. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I'm going to lease it for three years. And they guess at the end of three years it's going to be worth twenty thousand. That's a lot of depreciation in three years, but I'll just throw that out for illustration. So the lease payment is designed to cover that twenty thousand dollars in the three year period of time. Okay, now I'm gonna purchase that vehicle and I'm not going to lease it. I'm buying the whole forty thousand. So if I'm financing it, I'm financing all forty thousand or I'm paying all of that money up front. So the reason you see lower lease payments than car payments is you're only paying for the part that you quote use while, you, while you're in that vehicle for that period of time. So lower payments, that's, that's a good plus. Uh, when you go to get rid of the car, there's no putting a sign on it or taking it to the dealer and negotiating a trade-in. It goes back to the leasing company, you give them the keys, you walk away, and you go home. Mm-hmm. So you get rid of that hassle. Um, during that period of time, your car is likely to be under warranty if you 
purchase a new vehicle or, or a or a newer used vehicle that you can lease. And there's still there is some leasing of used. You see it mostly in new, but you got a new car. So it's going to be under warranty. There's going to be no issues with that car during that period of time. And if you know, because you're doing that, your down payment may be lower uh, than it might be in a, in a purchase situation because the bank's going to want to have so much equity in it. The leasing company has the equity in the vehicle, the mm -hmm. remaining part of it. So those are all positive things. And one of the cool things about it is, you know, if you're leasing like every three years, you've always got a new car. <laughs> you know, nice. you're just rolling into a brand new car. So, you know, every time I get a new car, I'm just amazed at the new gadgets and 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 you know, I get internet in my car now. So <laughs> that's, that's dangerous. Know, yeah, right? yeah. yeah, that's dangerous, I suppose. But um so you're getting you're always driving the latest. So sounds like all positives to me, but okay, what's the downside of lease? Okay. Leasing does have many downsides, and those that are against it, they will tell you all of those. <laughs> One of them is mileage limits. Hmm. Remember I said they're going to set a value, what they think it's going to be worth when it comes in. Well, they set that value based on how many miles that car gets driven. Hmm. And they're going to base it on average consumption of that vehicle. And if you over, if you go over that, there's going to be a penalty for it. Um, there's excess wear fees. They're assuming that you'll use your car in its normal manner. Okay, so that's great. So, you know, I drive to and from work and I have, you know, Madison streets. There's some potholes, but for the most part, it's not too dangerous. Okay. But if you're an off-roader, <laughs> uh, want to take your car out camping and you go out into the rugged terrain or whatnot, they're going to look at excess wear and tear and they're going to charge you back for that. So they're only accept expecting average wear and tear on that vehicle. Um, Ride sharing, okay. Everybody wants that side hustle, okay. Mm -hmm. um, you can't use that car for Uber or Lyft mm. or community cars or anything like that. You really have to use it for your own personal consumption with your own vehicle. Do what you want. Um, so that it could be a potential downfall in today's economy, where you know ride sharing and other things are there. No equity. That's that's the maybe the biggest downfall for some people. Remember, I'm just buying that part that I'm using. Take the car that I bought for $40,000. You know, if it depreciates or loses value by $10,000 after a year, I can still sell it for $30,000. I've got that equity, mm -hmm. whatever dollars I put into it and what hasn't gone away in value of the vehicle uh, is my equity in the vehicle. You ha don't have that in the lease. And then lastly, uh, well, not lastly, the next thing is for leasing, generally you have to have a little bit higher credit rating. You have to have good credit. They're taking a little bit of risk there without as much of a down payment as, as they would uh, in a financing situation. And probably the last part that adds to the cost of it is gap insurance. Gap insurance, you say, okay, what's that one? Uh, <laughs> Take, again, that risk of that vehicle being worth less at the end of the lease, somebody wants to have that covered. So, for instance, and you get gap even on a finance vehicle, if the car gets wrecked and you owe more than what it's worth at that point, they sell gap insurance to beat that coverage. It's a requirement in leases, not as much in financing. In financing, it's a business decision whether I want to buy it or not. So. That's the, the lease side of it. So, 
Well, if I don't lease, I got to buy, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's do pros and cons. Yeah. Pros and cons. Um, first of all, after you, if you finance it, after you've paid it off, no more payments. Mm -hmm. Remember, you're always going to be making that lease payment. There isn't any forgiveness at the end. Um, no mileage limits. You're a, you're a high mileage driver, drive all you want. Take it off the road. You don't have to worry about wear and tear. So all of those concerns you would have in the lease situation go away. It's your car. Do what you want. Uber if you want. Mm -hmm. uh, you can do all of those things. Um, your credit rating potentially uh, could be lowered from borrowing, but you can get a loan with a lower credit rating if you're buying a car than versus leasing a car. Because dealers and, and other people that do financing have programs, even for people with poor credit rating, it's, been, it's really built into the culture of the automobile that, that they know that the automobile is a necessity for your job and, and for working. And so even though you'll pay higher interest rates potentially, more closing fees or something like that, there is more money available on the purchasing side than there is on the leasing side. Hmm. The dealer, the financer has a little bit less of a risk because they can take the car at the end. Hmm. So those are some of the pros of getting into it. Well, the cons are it's more expensive. I'm buying the whole car, not mm -hmm. just that piece I'm using. Um, be careful when you get into finding situations. Again, the lower lease payments, you may have somebody that says, I can have you buy that car and put you into the same payment as the lease. Mm-hmm. Okay, Something's a, something doesn't make sense there, does it, Peter? <laughs> Nothing in life is free, right? <laughs> Nothing yeah. in life is free. What they probably have you in is a longer-term loan. Hmm. Okay, I can lower that payment just by spreading out the repayment period. Hmm. Okay, but now we're going to get upside down faster in that vehicle because we're not building that equity as the car depreciates. We all know that our cars, you know, that, that they're going to be worth less a year from now, two years from now, three years from now. And if you're not building that equity because they've lowered your payment, so that is a risk. So be careful of the long-term loan. Another one is the down payment. The bank wants to have you to have some skin in the game. You may have to have more of a down payment than you might in a lease situation because they've got the car. Whereas in this case, you know they don't want to finance 100% of the vehicle. If you do, you're going to pay skyrocket high interest rates. Uh, on that particular transaction. And then probably the last thing is the thing we talked about is the unpredictable value. Okay, I bought this car and I'm gonna run it for three years, I'm gonna trade it in, get a new one, I'm not gonna do that lease thing. But you get to the end of the three years and you say, holy man, the, this trading isn't worth what I thought it was. I got excess wear and tear in it, I got a few dings in it. Maybe the model became unpopular. Mm. Imagine you got that three-year-old diesel vehicle, if we all know what happened to those just recently. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so there's unpredictable in, uh, unpredictability in the value of that, of that vehicle. So. so if I'm buying and I have the option to finance either with the dealership or with my bank, you know, what are the pros and cons of, of that? I, last time we bought a car, the, of course, the dealership was very keen on pressuring us to, uh, to finance with them, mm -hmm. which we didn't. But... You know what? Tell me a little bit about that decision. Well, frankly, I always shop both alternatives. You know, you want to get the best deal for the money. I'll give you an example where you see um, 
zero percent interest rate mm-hmm. on a purchase of a vehicle and you say well, that sounds pretty cool because I'll spread it out over four years well that zero percent interest rate may not qualify then for the rebate that they're offering on the vehicle mm-hmm. and I know in one case the vehicle that I bought um, did qualify for the rebate but the rebate in a promotional offer the dealer said if I can get a payment equal to the other payment would you take it because I can throw the rebate money against mm-hmm. it so I would always look at both options and the dealers they initiate those loans but they go back to a bank or a credit union what they have access to that you may not have access to as you go to a bank or a credit union is those what they call subprime or those more mm-hmm. risky loans so if you're a credit risk or if you have a hardship, they may have access to money that you may not be able to get by negotiating on your own. So uh, you're always looking again, what's the most important factor in financing? Mm-hmm. Just like it is in, 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 in home ownership or mortgage, it's what they call the APR, the annual percentage rate. That has to be calculated in all financing situations regardless of if it's the dealer, the credit union, any finance company needs to show you that number because that adds in all of the costs that are involved. So when you have a nominal loan rate of 4%, when you get it back because of the, the dealer fees or whatever, it might say 4.13. Mm-hmm. When you get to APR, you're doing apples to apples. And that's what you always want to look at. So get the APR from the dealer, get the APR from your credit union bank or savings and loan, and compare the two numbers, the lowest APR is always your best deal. That's really good advice, yeah. yeah. What about um, buying used versus buying new? So let's assume we're gonna buy and the finance situation is is fine. Um, Used or new, what do you think? Again, a little bit of personal preference and taste. Obviously with used, price has been driven down. There's been some depreciation taken. But the used issue is, uh, it's been used. Mm Okay, the new car is going to be covered by warranties. Now, some used cars have warranties. Dealers will recondition them, or other sellers of used cars will have some guarantees, but they're generally shorter in duration and may have more deductible, more expense you're responsible for than would be on a new vehicle. But in many cases, the price of new vehicles is is out of sight. Hmm. And so to get started, to get some equity, then look for a, a good used vehicle. There are more than you can you could possibly read websites and magazines <laughs> and consumer digests and things that will give you car values and tell you which ones to avoid, which ones which ones to look at. You can go out and and hit on multiple of websites that will tell you what the average range of sale price is and those things and those are the things I really, to buy a car, even new, it's research. Mm-hmm. You know, new, you're getting that newness. Uh, used, you're not getting all of that. The car has some mileage on it, but there are cars that will go many, many more miles. One of my family members buys used Lexuses mm. at 90,000 miles <laughs> because the Lexus has a longer life cycle mm-hmm. than a lower price model does. So somebody else has taken that depreciation, and now if you get a, a, a good, good reconditioned vehicle. So some of it is you know reliability, uh, some of it is price, um, 
and after that, it really becomes personal preference on mm. that. So what other advice would you offer somebody if they're maybe buying their first car or you know trying something new? I mean, what, what other pieces of advice would you give? Shop, research, hmm. really those are, the, those are the keys. There is jargon and vernacular in the car business, just like there is in, me, in mm -hmm. medicine, you know. Be one of those where when you get to the car dealership, you should throw out some medical jargon to, <laughs> to get them on edge. Yeah, get them off balance. Get them right? off yeah. balance like, like they do with you because you'll see below sticker, uh, MSRP, hmm. manufacturer suggested retail price. There are laws that require what needs to be disclosed, both new and used vehicles. Wisconsin, we've got a great law that the used vehicle must be inspected hmm. uh, before it gets resold by a dealer. Now, private party, you're, it's, you know, you're, taking, <laughs> you're taking a chance. Uh, I would take that car out and get it inspected by, mm -hmm. by a technician. Um, but there are laws that protect you, but you know, there's, there's sticker, there's invoice, there's all of those things. Doing the research and knowing what cars are selling for, knowing what's a reasonable thing. Remember, the dealer's in a business to make a profit. Mm -hmm. new, new car dealer, used car dealer, they all have to make a profit to pay their employees. Um, that's why you sometimes can get a better deal buying what they call at the curb, mm -hmm. buying from a private party, because they don't have that same incentive. They're probably trying to fill the gap between what the dealer would sell it for and what they offered him as traded. And that's usually what the private party is doing. But, you know, buyer beware. Uh, when you buy from a dealer, a licensed person, you've got that, the, the DOT has your back. You know, if the, you drive it down the road and it falls apart and they sold it, the person sold it to you as is, that's your car. Uh, you know, there isn't much, you don't have much standing behind you. I beware. I, I think that's a good good yeah. piece of advice to, to close on. So thanks again, Bob. And we'll be back with another uh, episode of I Wish I Knew Soon. And that will wrap up this episode of WISMED on Call. Thanks to the Wisconsin Medical Society Foundation and the Wisconsin Medical Society Insurance and Financial Services, your partners for life. If you liked what you heard, please visit our website, www.wisconsinmedicalsociety.org, and look for future episodes wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have suggestions or feedback, please email communications at wismed.org. Thank you for listening.